It's good to be here with you guys tonight. As during worship, I was thinking about y'all could be anywhere else in the world, but God allowed you to be here tonight. And in our lives as believers and non-believers or wherever we're at with our walk with Christ, every opportunity that the Lord sets us before his feet in front of his word or in front of somebody that's sharing the gospel or someone who's, you know, is led by the Holy Spirit to pray or any of those moments in life, God has ordained those moments. And tonight is one of those moments. We aren't guaranteed tomorrow. And so I'm going to go ahead and pray, and then uh, we'll get into our study. It's a short message tonight, and the title of tonight's message is Joseph and Mary. Let's pray. Jesus, thank you for who you are, for your word that it never turns back void. Thank you, God, for all that you do in our lives, that there isn't one thing in our life, God, that is out of your control, Lord. Even when we're doing our own thing, Lord, and, and, and walking away or outside of your boundaries, Lord, you are still in control, God. And I thank you for that, Lord. Um, we may reap what we sow, but Lord, you are gracious and merciful to come to our rescue, God. Lord, it's because of your love that draws us to repentance. It's your mercy and grace that gives us the ability to come to your throne in a time of need. And I pray, Jesus, as we um, look into uh, just this piece of scripture pertaining to Mary and Joseph before your birth, that you would use it to teach us tonight, Lord. God, that you would write upon the fleshly tablets of our heart, that none of us would miss out on what you have for us tonight, God. Just praise you and give you all the glory in Jesus' name, amen. So what happened before the birth of Jesus Christ? Tonight, I want us to look into the Word of God, perhaps, and see what happened um, prior to Christ's birth. Uh, what went on in Joseph's life? What went on in Mary's life? How did this young couple deal with the news, the news that the Savior of the world would be in their very arms soon? See, Mary and Joseph were just like us. They were people living their life, had plans for the future and all sorts of things, and yet God chose them out of the whole world to be used by God to bring the Savior into this world as a human being, God himself with flesh on. So we're going to look in Luke chapter 1, verse 26 through 38, and then we'll be in part of Matthew tonight. And um, I'm just going to read through the scripture and, and then um, expound on the pieces. I'm not going to read the text as a whole and then go back into it just because of time. So Luke chapter 1, verse 26 verse, uh, through 38, and um, the Lord allows the writer of this gospel, Luke, to pick up in 26 here, we see where it says, now in the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent by God to a city of Galilee named Nazareth. So Nazareth was of no reputation. And we see here that the sixth month, it's a mark that um, uh, Mary's uh, cousin had been uh, pregnant as well, and, and she was in the sixth month of her um, pregnancy. Um, and Gabriel was God's messenger, and we see that he was sent by God to Galilee in Nazareth. We see that he was sent to a virgin, verse 27, betrothed to a man whose name was Joseph of the house of David. The virgin's name was Mary. It's important to understand that betrothed or engaged at that or what, how we would call it would be engaged at that time, it had the same binding effect as actual marriage. Um, to, break, to break a betrothal 
one would have to go through the process of divorce. I want you to keep that in mind here. Also, it's important to understand that Mary was a virgin. She hadn't been with a man, if you know what I mean. We have kids in the room. Um, so she, she hadn't known her husband in that fashion physically. They, they weren't married. The, the marriage hasn't been, hadn't been consummated. Um, in the culture of that day, it was common to be betrothed. In, in your teenage years, Mary would have probably been between 15 and 17 years old. Um, Joseph, he was from the line of David, uh, who was a carpenter. Joseph was a carpenter by trade. So Mary and Joseph would most likely not have been wealthy. They, they probably were poor. And I want to build this um, understanding or this, this, this mindset of, of really who Jesus was in human form, what he came into into this world. We, we idolize the manger. We idolize the purity of God, which is great because God is holy and Jesus is God. But we miss the fact, I think, through our culture and our traditions, the reality of what Jesus, how Jesus was brought into this world. And through Jesus's birth, like we're going to talk tonight and what will continue tomorrow, actually, is that God allowed his son, who is God, the triunity. We have God, the Father, God, the Son, God, the Holy Spirit to come to this world in a very, very, very ununique way so that he would be approachable by sinners, us. God made sure that he was approachable. A lot of times in our life, when we think God's not approachable, it's one, our own selves, because we, you know, demonize ourselves, make ourselves feel so unworthy that no one will love us. You know, I've heard people say, well, if I go to church, the, the ceiling will fall down on me because they think they're so evil that God can't reach them. But God doesn't create that. God, God made, it, made himself approachable. And that's one thing that I want us to focus on through this story about Jesus and also the reality of what happened with, with him and Mary, with, with, with Joseph and Mary, sorry. So in verse 28 says, and having come in... The, the angel said to her, so this is continuing on with, with Gabriel's conversation with Mary. So here this angel is, and Mary, he says, a rejoice, highly favored one. The Lord is with you. Blessed are you among women. But when she saw him, she was troubled at his saying and considered what manner of greeting this was. So she's, she's asking the question, why would this angel visit me? Why would he proclaim that I am favored, that the Lord is with me? The angel was speaking of the greatness of God's plan in Mary's life. See, Mary was just a person. She's not magnified above Jesus. She isn't greater than God. She isn't to be worshiped. We know that the, uh, there's other religions out there that place her on a pedestal of, of sanctification, but she was just a human being like us. But she was used by God in a very, very great way, in a very specific, beautiful thing. So it wasn't how great she was, but how great God was in regards to the task he was going to use her for. Just like our lives, God has a great plan for all of our lives. In the face of God allowing us to be used in our daily lives and in our walk with him, we should be enamored by the fact that he wants to actually use us, human beings, just like Mary. So we see this, she, her reaction Verse 30, then the angel said to her, do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. And behold, you will conceive in your womb and bring forth a son and shall call his name 
Jesus. Now, it's important to understand that this was not a bad thing for the angel to come and speak to her. The angel comforted Mary, saying that God had favor on her. Again, this is not because of anything special about Mary. Yes, Mary was used in a special way by God, but she was not elevated above Jesus or others. She was a human being just like you and me, yet given a very special place in God's plan. Verse 32, continuing, he says this about Jesus. So Gabriel's telling her that you'll bring forth a son. Remember, she hasn't been married. She's in the betrothal stage. It takes a, quite a while in Jewish uh, culture. So Gabriel's saying, you shall call his name Jesus, and he will be great. He will be called the son of the highest, and the Lord God will give him the throne of his father David, and he will reign over the house of Jacob forever and of his kingdom, there will be no end. Praise the Lord, the kingdom of God, the kingdom of Jesus. There will be no end to it whatsoever. And if you are a Christian here tonight, you will take part in that for eternity. Reigning, not reigning, but being with Jesus for eternity. If you don't know him tonight, then you're missing out on the most amazing gift God wants to give you this evening. The Believer's Bible Commentary gives this uh, little... Uh, I don't know if it's called an excerpt, but it gives this little uh, commentation of um, verse 32 and 33 of the, of the, the, annun- the announcement that, that, that Gabriel gave to Mary. Notice the important truths that are enshrined in the, announce- in the Annunciation. The real humanity of the Messiah, which is where Scripture tells us that you will conceive in your womb and bring forth a son. The true and living God. Jesus always was. If you go to John 1, 1, it says, in the beginning was the word, and that is Jesus. And it says, continues, says, and the word was God, and the word was with God. Jesus always was. Jesus wasn't created when he was born or conceived by the Holy Spirit in Mary. There's other cults out there that disbelieve the deity and the truth that Jesus always was, and they proclaim a false gospel saying that he was a created being when he was conceived and given birth to. And that's a, that's a lie. Because if he wasn't in eternity with God, then he wouldn't be God. If he was created by the birth, then he wouldn't be God, and he wouldn't be worth being worshiped. He would be able to do nothing for us when he died on the cross for us. So he was human. God himself went through the birth canal. It's a horrible experience. Percentage of women died in those days. I want you to understand the fact, can you turn me down the house? I know you turned me up. I want you to understand the the, the humanity that Jesus had allows us to approach him. Don't ever think that God or Jesus being the same, sorry, I mince that a lot when I preach, that they're separate or that they keep anything in the way from you approaching him. We see here also in these two verses, 32 and 33, his deity and his mission as a savior, where it says, and shall call his name Jesus, which meaning Jehovah is the savior. That's what Jesus meant, and his, 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 his name was Joshua, but we get Jesus through the translation. His essential greatness, he will be great both as to his person and his work. His identity as the son of God and will be called the son of the highest. 
his title to the throne of David. The Lord God will give him the throne of his father David. This establishes him as the Messiah and the returning king of the world. Jesus never sat on the throne of David. It's still waiting for that to happen after he comes and returns and destroys Satan and the Antichrist. And the wrath of God is poured out. Jesus will come and, and reign. He will, he will take the throne of David. That hasn't happened yet. Also, we see his everlasting and universal kingdom. He will reign over the house of Jacob forever. And his kingdom, there will be no end. It's amazing what we see here in just the verses of 32 and 33 pertaining to who Jesus is. And then we see Mary's response in verse 34. Then Mary said to the angel, how can this be since I do not know a man? In other words, there's, there's nothing that had happened in her life that would have allowed a baby to happen. So Mary, and, and it's important to understand this too. Some people misunderstand this. Mary was not questioning out of rebellion or disbelief. She was simply asking out of the fact that she had not been with a man. Like, has God ever done that in your life? He asks you to take a step of faith and you're like, I don't know how this is going to happen. God's cool with you questioning those things, but still walk out in faith of what God's calling you to do. He can handle your questions. Was that my beeper? Am I supposed to be done? They laugh. They don't tell me. Oh my gosh. Thank you, uncle. Verse 35, and the angel answered and said to her, the Holy Spirit will come upon you and the power of the highest will overshadow you. Therefore also that Holy One who is to be born will be called the Son of God. This is not just Jesus being born like into existence like I had, just, like I had mentioned before. He has always existed. If he has not always existed, he would not be God with us. Luke continues to write by the influence of the Holy Spirit. Now, indeed, Elizabeth, your relative has also conceived a son in her old age, and this is now the sixth month of her who was called barren. And I love this. Gabriel gives this truth about God. For, God, for with God, nothing will be impossible. God's plans can't be thwarted. His design and desires in our lives can't be changed. We can, but he is absolutely faithful. And with him, nothing is impossible. You may have trials and things in your life, and maybe those trials and, and circumstances won't change, but God will give you the grace and mercy and peace to walk through those things. Are you relying upon him, my friends? Is he your all in all, or is he just a picture of a baby in a manger. Then Mary said, behold, the maid servant of the Lord. In other words, here I am. Let it be to me according to your word. And the angel departed from her. So that was Mary's experience about being told that she was gonna be the birth mother, the mother of this, of Jesus, the savior of the world. And, and now we see in the gospel of Matthew, Matthew, we get to see a glimpse into Joseph's side of the story. He handled it a little interesting. And I love how when we read through this, we'll see that even in an intense situation, a very, very, very intense situation, um, if Mary and Joseph had been found, right, not been found, when Mary and Joseph were seen as being pregnant, 
in their culture, um, that would have been a child out of wedlock, and it would have actually um, been something against their lineage 10 years forward, 10 generations, actually. And so wrapped up in the birth of Jesus, in the conception of the Holy, the Holy Spirit placing this in Mary, wrapped up all in there, there's so many dynamics that really have created such an amazing opportunity for God to be available to us. So we see here in Matthew chapter 1, verse 18 through 25, now the birth of Jesus was as follows. After his mother Mary was betrothed to Joseph, before they came together, she was found with child of the Holy Spirit. So here, all of a sudden, Joseph and Mary are hanging out and boop, she's pregnant. Crazy. And like I mentioned, so betrothed or engaged, a time um, it, it had a binding effect. Um, to break a betrothal would have been just like divorce. So Mary being found pregnant before her and Joseph were married, and this child inside of her was of the Holy Spirit. Then Joseph, her husband, being a just man and not wanting to make her a public example, was minded to put her away secretly. That doesn't mean like, you know, that means like divorce her. Joseph didn't want Mary to be humiliated publicly. Um, he thought to himself that he would divorce her in secret and make it as though they were never betrothed, trying to hide that she was pregnant before marriage. What happens next is such an amazing example of God's intervention on behalf of God's plan in spite of human error and disbelief. God can intervene in our human error and actually change our disbelief. He is capable. Verse 20, and this is amazing. While his thoughts were in his mind, but while he thought about these things, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to him. It's fascinating to me. God knows all of our thoughts right now. Gosh, would that guy be quiet? What's happening in my life? What bills do I have to be paid? All the things. God knows every single thought in your mind before any word comes out of you. So we see the picture of that even here and how God intervenes in Joseph's thoughts. God wants to change your thinking about many things. He wants to change my thinking about many things. The word metanoia means a change of mind as it pertains to a spiritual conversion. That's the name of this church. God wants to change our minds as it pertains to many things and wants to realign our minds with what God's plan is and purpose through His Word, by the power of the Holy Spirit. Let us not deny what God wants to do in and through our lives. Let us be willing like Mary and Joseph. But while he thought about these things, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream saying, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take to, your, to you Mary, your wife, for that which is conceived in her is of the Holy Spirit. And she will bring forth a son and you shall call his name Jesus. He will save his people from their sins. Praise the Lord. Man, what a radical thing. It's not just a baby that lived and died. It's God in human form. So all this was done that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken by the Lord through the prophet, saying, Behold, the virgin shall be with child and bear a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which is translated God with us. That's Isaiah chapter 7, verse 14. Then Joseph, being aroused from sleep, 
did as the angel of the Lord commanded him, and he took to him his wife, and did not know her till she had brought forth her firstborn son, and he called his name Jesus. And I want you to understand this portion that, um, that the angel uh, specifically states to, to, that the angel specifically states to Joseph in verse 23, he quoted Isaiah 7, verse 14. This is the power of God's word. Isaiah uh, was around many, many, many years before Joseph and Mary even existed. God spoke through his prophet Isaiah about this amazing birth. A lot of us know this fact that are in this room. In fact, over 700 years before the birth of Jesus Christ, these words of God were spoken by the prophet Isaiah. This is just one of many prophecies that were spoken about Jesus. By the way, every single word in the Bible, every single thing spoken about Jesus in the word of God has come true or will come true. In fact, everything in the Bible is truth, 100%. There's no book on earth that has ever been more proven to be fact and truthful than the word of God. You can get all mixed up. Well, it was written by man, but technically it's not. And the other thing is, is that you can say, oh, there's all these translations. Well, okay, so go all the way back to the Greek and Hebrew and Aramaic. And if you can learn how to read those things, which I can't read those things, I've got a translator. I don't know about you. Elisha might be able to. But if you go and you actually take and you go jot and tittle, in other words, word for word, letter for letter, and translate it to our language, God ordained men to actually translate those ancient texts so that we have a legitimate example and, and, and word of God for us to read in our language. That's how much God loves you. He loves you so much that he gave not only his son to die on the cross for your sins, but he gave his word to us that we would know about his son and that we would know how much he loves us. Isaiah 7, 14, I'm gonna read it again. Therefore, the Lord himself will give you a sign. Behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son and shall call his name Emmanuel, which means God with us, which is the title of tomorrow's message. This sign, Jesus Christ, is the hope of God to the world. God with us in human form. God's salvation given to us, his provision for us, his comfort for us, his authority over all things. His salvation is free. It's us who deny it. His redemption of a lost people, which are us, he is the light in the darkness, the water that quenches the thirst of our souls. I don't know about you. Maybe you're thirsty tonight. Maybe there's something missing in your life. Well, let me tell you, my friend, the answer is Jesus and nothing else. And let me encourage you to take tonight. You might not come back. You might not go to church. You may not even make it home tonight. But you have a moment this evening to know the true and living God. Jesus said that if, if I, I knock on the door of your heart and whoever answers, I will come and sit with you. There's an eternal thing. The Holy Spirit comes and lives inside of you. God himself lives in a believer. Jesus, the, the word tells us, come all you who are heavy laden and burdened and I will give you rest. Jesus is the sign that God gave that God loves a sinful world. God allowed Genesis to be written, and in the beginning of Genesis, the proto-evangelium, the very first portion, 
talking about Christ is in Genesis chapter 3, verse 15. And I'm going to paraphrase. It talks about um, I'm going to read it. And, and I'm sharing this with you, and this wasn't in my notes, but, but some of us need to be reminded of the radical consistency of God's word. There's nothing inconsistent with him, and everything that it's ever spoken of has come true, and everything in the Old Testament points to Jesus, and everything in the New Testament points to the fulfillment of the prophecies of the Savior, Jesus, God with us. Genesis chapter 3, verse 15, it's not on a slide, and it's okay, I'm just going to read this to you. And this is after the sin, after the fall in the garden, which is a whole nother thing of grace. And I will put enmity between you and the woman, he's speaking to Satan, and between your seed and her seed, he shall bruise your head and you shall bruise his heel. Where it says, he shall bruise your head, it's a death blow that's given to Satan by Jesus. And where it says you'll bruise his heel, it's, 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 the way, it's speaking of Christ's crucif crucifixion on the cross. And so all the way back in Genesis speaks of Jesus and what God was going to do through him and how the enemy is already dead. Satan is a loser. So we see here in closing that, that Jesus, he is the light in the darkness, the water that quenches the thirst of the human soul. He is life. He is goodness. He is more than a conqueror. He is the bright and shining morning star, the sign of God's love and hope and life. It is Jesus Christ. There's no other sign from God. There's no other sign of God's love given to all of mankind except Jesus Christ. So the question is, do you know him tonight? We can get through this service, you know, and, and do the candles and everything and, and then go home, but I just want to leave it open. If you don't know Jesus tonight, if something that the Holy Spirit has moved upon your heart, you're like, something's missing, then come see me after service and we'll pray together. And you can receive Jesus as your Lord and Savior tonight. If you have anything in your life that you need prayer for tonight, that the Holy Spirit said, hey, I need prayer for this, come see me and we'll pray for you. God's word says that, that the fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much. Other people here that I know that serve with us, they can pray with you as well. Gina can pray with ladies. Aaron can, who's up here, you know? So I just want to close and Gina will come up with one last, oh, what am I supposed to do? I don't know. What? Oh, Kayla's doing. Um, I'm going to pray and then I'll ask a question. Jesus, thank you so much for your word. Thank you that it never turns back void. And I pray, God, that we would utilize the time that you give us here on this earth. You're coming back soon. And I pray, Lord, that this Christmas would be something different. I pray that you would bring healing, Lord, for emotions. Sometimes holidays aren't fun. And that you would just encourage, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, God, for sending your son. Thank you, that Emmanuel, God with us. Lord, that you are available and accessible. And I just praise you and give you all the glory. In Jesus' name, amen.